Hallelujah. Hey, as we offer up this praise unto your name. Yeah, as we offer up this praise unto your name. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Welcome to church, everybody. Welcome to church, everybody. Hallelujah. Thank God to be able to be in God's house one more time. And I'm awful encouraged today because of the kids that are here, the young people that are here. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us to train up, in a, train up a child in the way that they should go so that when they get old, they will not depart from it. What we put in them today will bring up a harvest for tomorrow. Amen. So it's worth it. Amen. God always has a way of showing you that he is in control, he's sovereign, and that his church will continue. He always has a way of showing you some encouragement or giving you some encouragement when you don't think that he will. Amen. But that's just how God is, right? That's just how he is. So I won't belabor the time. I will get into our word uh, today. Uh, a few weeks ago, as I was seeking God for next year, 2023, and, I, and he gave me the thing, but I'm going to talk about it today. Amen. Because it's still in the developmental stages. Amen. But he told me that there would be some subjects that I need to teach on prior to 2023 in order to give us a foundation to work from in 2023. Amen. So today we are going to dig into the topic of biblical servanthood. Biblical servanthood, that's the overall topic, but today's teaching is about is this. It's the, the subject is this. It's not about you. Amen. <laughs> Biblical servanthood is the overall topic, but it's not about you. Amen. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We honor you on today. For you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to speak to us. Speak through me, Lord God. Let us all hear what you have to say on today so that we can apply it to our lives. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, move me out of myself. Move me out of the way. Move every hindrance, Lord God. Allow me to be a channel for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so as I, talk, as I just said, we are going to talk about the topic or dig into the topic of biblical servanthood, it's not about you or not about us. And the reason is this. We always focus our attention on what God can do for us without giving a second thought on what we can do for him biblically. Amen. We focus our attention on what we can get, but not what we can give. 
and how we can serve him biblically. Now, there was a minister, a pastor who was talking to one of his friends and he said, I've been in ministry for what seems like my whole life. And I thought I was a pretty good servant. But he said, as of now, I care for my aging mother 24 seven. And I find out and I find that I'm not a good servant at all. That means I was never a good a servant as I thought. He said that because he said it's inconvenient. It gets burdensome. I, he gets tired. He gets overwhelmed. He gets pressured. He runs out of patience. His aging mother gets inconsiderate at times, which causes him to get angry at her and the situation because even though others are supposed to help, he can't count on them. Amen. And the friend that he was talking to could literally feel the sincerity and the pain in his voice, and it grabbed him by the heart. The friend said about this to himself. He said, here, this is a man that I have respected, honored, and looked up to for years as a servant of the Most High. And here he was telling me that servanthood was something that he was truly learning for the first time in his life. The man, the preacher, thought he was a good servant. He thought he was doing the right thing. But here he finds later on in life that he was not a good servant as he thought he was. Amen. 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 The truth of the matter is this. God did not send Jesus to die for our sins, be raised from the dead, and return to the Father to sit on the right hand, only to send the Holy Spirit down to indwell us, to empower us, to baptize us for service for us as believers to just sit and wait for Jesus to come back again. He did all of that to empower us, baptize us, to serve him and to serve him completely. Amen. Now, what is biblical servanthood? It is the state, condition, or quality of one who lives as a servant biblically. It is the condition or the quality of one or the believer who lives as a servant biblically. And the, a biblical servant is not, it's, it's one who is under submission not under subjection. Okay. Amen. A biblical servant submits he or him, he or he or she submits themselves under God, submitted, not subjected, not made to do it. It means as being of a biblical servant means to be submitted to God first and be submitted to other people. Amen. Not the other way around. As a believer under submission, a biblical servant is one who meets the real needs of the God you serve and meets the real needs of others. So God, even though he owns the, 
cattle on a thousand hills, he got something that he needs from his believers. Because we are the hands and the feet of Jesus on this earth today. God has empowered us through the Holy Spirit to do the work. We sit back and we wait for God to come down to do it when God is not going to do that because he empowered us as a believer to do it. Amen. Amen. I said all that to say this servant, biblical servanthood is not about you. So let's go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. It's not about you. Now, Mark's gospel is written to disciples. And his gospel blends the two topics of leadership and service. He unfolds what it is, what it means to serve as a kingdom leader and to lead as a servant because both elements are included in what it means to be a follower or a disciple of Christ. In order to be a leader, first you have to be a servant. Amen? Amen. All right. As you know, our mission is what? Transforming what? Believers into what? And a kingdom disciple, a kingdom disciple is a believer who takes part in spiritual development so, so that they can become a follower of Jesus Christ. And the discipleship is the process where we can learn what it means to bring every under every area of life under his lordship. So the gospel of Mark takes us on a pilgrimage as Jesus teaches his first disciples who he is, what he is about. And what it means to follow him. Now, they had much to learn, just as we have much to learn. Amen. And what Jesus taught them had them had their thinking turned upside down. And that's such as the kingdom of God. The way up in the kingdom of God is first you have to go down on your knees. Right. Humility. Coming before God. Amen. Amen. So as we get ready, the Bible, let me put it this way. The Bible has a great deal to say about servanthood because the central theme of the Bible is the greatest servant of all, and that is Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is a book about the king and his kingdom, and that king is Jesus Christ. From Genesis, you'll find the thread of Jesus, and in Revelation, you'll see Jesus. So he's throughout the whole Bible, and the emphasis is servant. Amen. Let's go to verse 35 and verse 10. It says this. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, talking about Jesus, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever you, we shall desire. <laughs> Sounds like us, don't it? That you do for us what we desire. They didn't come to him and ask them, well, what would you have us to do for you? All right. And he said unto them, what would you that I should do for you? And they said unto him, grant unto us that we may sit on thy right hand and on and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. In other words, they wanted a place of glory. 
Would you grant us this spot in glory? Amen. But Jesus said unto them, you know not what you ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink, drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, of course, we can. And Jesus said unto them, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism that I am baptized with all, shall you be baptized. They didn't understand and know what was going to happen to them in the future. Jesus already knew that they would suffer and that they would be persecuted and most of and all of them would die. Yet they want to sit on the right hand and left hand of Jesus in his glory, not seeing the the price that they would have to pay for that seat. Mm. Jesus said, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is what? Prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and said unto him, You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But here it is. But so shall it, be, so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your what? Minister. Minister means servant. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered or served to or unto, but to minister or serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to die. See, this turned their world upside down and their thinking upside down. They thought that they would be in those places of honor and that people would be serving them so that they could be Lord over the people. But Jesus was like, no, 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 that's not it at all. I can't give you that place of honor. It's prepared for other folks and for them. I don't have that authority, but what I do have is to show you that you are to serve first, just as I am a servant. Amen. Now, the Greek word for minister is diakonos, which means servant, minister, or deacon. He is our example, and when you give him rightful place as the Lord of your life, his lordship will be expressed in the way you serve others. I'm just going to let that sit there. You can say he's Lord over your life, but it only will show in the way that you serve others. Let it marinate. That's right. Let it take on some of that zestiness. Y'all know how to marinate stuff. Amen. For those who cook. Becoming more like Jesus means becoming servant hearted. Becoming more like Jesus means becoming servant hearted. There are some who seek to work miracles. But Jesus did not say his first work was that. 
Some desire recognition or may desire recognition or to exercise the power Jesus functioned in, but he did not say his primary purpose was to display his power. Jesus said in another, in Luke, his primary purpose was that he came to serve, to seek, and to save that which is lost. He came to serve, he came to seek, and he came to what? Save that which is lost. He came to serve as an example of humility and self-sacrifice, and even now, he continues to serve as our intercessor. Where? At the right hand of the Father. Why? Because he was granted permission to sit on that right hand by God. But he's not just sitting there doing nothing and looking and waiting for him to be sent back. He's interceding on our behalf. Think about the billions of people that have lived and died since Jesus left. Think about the billions of people that's on the earth right now. Jesus is interceding on behalf of every one of us, whether we saved or we're not. Think about that. Hmm. As we look to 2023, our primary purpose as his church is to secure and multiply Jesus' model of servanthood by creating an atmosphere and ministry that produces service. All right. Now, the emphasis on we, it does not mean me. It does not mean her only, her or him only, him, you only. It means all of us are supposed to be servants, servants so that we can make a kingdom impact not only in liberty, this neighborhood, this city, this state, this country, but around the world. God called us to, be, to make a kingdom impact. It's not what they say while you live. It's what they say when you die. Hmm? Mm, that's how you know what kind of impact you have made. Christ-likeness leads to biblical servanthood. Christ-likeness leads. If you want to be like Jesus, then you got to be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus, you have to serve and seek. Seek to do what? Save that which was lost. You want to be Christ-like. It's not shaped always just lifting your hands here in church or crying from your worship and praise. It's serving God with your whole heart. Amen. Serving, let me put it this way, is not about convenience. Serving is about commitment. Serving is not convenience, it's commitment. And the character of a faithful servant reveals devotion to the interests of others and rendering untiring care and delight in the prosperity, honor, and happiness of someone besides you. 
Don't hate on them. <laughs> but you pray for them. And as you pray for them and you serve them, God will bless you in a way that will blow your mind. And that may not be always about money. Don't get it twisted. It's about having a pretty a healthy life. It's about having things, having food in your in your refrigerator in the midst of a recession. It's about having a change of clothes in your closet when there's others out here that don't have a change of clothes. It's about having a shower, a bathtub, about having a roof over your head, about having lights on that you can go home into your house. Amen. And even if you didn't have none of those things, as long as you got Jesus, you are blessed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Biblical servanthood is not slavery. It is voluntary. It's motivated from within by the love of God. It's not mandated by, by the style, insistence, or manipulation of subjugation, pressure, guilt, or demand. It's voluntary. It's motivated because of your love for God based on the fact that you know God loves you. And because he loves you when you should not be loved, that should motivate you to pour your love on him so that you will be a servant to him. Amen. Ooh. And biblical servanthood is not cultish. It's Christ-like. It's infused with the spirit of him who thought it was not robbery to be equal with God but who thought that he would make himself in the form of a man to come down here to suffer and die for our sins. Amen. Now, don't get it twisted. Serving and going to the cross for our sins for Jesus was not easy. The Garden of Gethsemane told us that Jesus was having a, having a back and forth with God. I'm like, okay, God, can you let this go? Can you let me get through this without going through what I got to go through to get them saved? It was not easy for Jesus, and serving God won't be easy for us. I know I had to make y'all do it right now. Because some people think that being a believer is easy, and it always should be easy. But just as the minister above said, no, it's very hard. You're going to get overwhelmed. But if you're a believer, you know how to go to the rock that's higher than you. You will get lost sometimes along the way because you can't see your way. But the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. Then he also tells us that he is our light and our salvation. So therefore, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Then I jump over into the New Testament, but my God shall supply all my need. And that need, I need strength sometime, Lord. <laughs> By his riches and glory, who? By Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, while, in, while the specific ways in which we serve will differ in time, place, position, there are things that we all as servants have in common. One of the things that we have to do to be a servant, we need to prepare ourselves to serve. All right? A servant prepares themselves. 
All right, let's go to, now let me say this, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let me say this, a servant, you wouldn't, let me put it down where you can get it. You wouldn't hire somebody to come and fix your furnace if they hadn't prepared to fix your furnace. Right? <laughs> or you wouldn't go to a mechanic that had never worked on a car who claimed to be a mechanic to work on your car. Would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> because you can be messed up. Man. <laughs> and, and they can make it worse. But a servant or a good servant, a biblical servant, prepares themselves to serve. Amen. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 9, it says this. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister or servant of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto what? Godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Verse 9 says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Or another translation says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone who would accept it holds tight to it. Amen? So a servant prepares. We are living in a day and a time where there are a lot of emphasis placed on physical fitness, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But your spiritual health is even more important, especially if you want to serve God biblically. Godliness, which is be godliness, is becoming more like God in your actions, attitudes, character, and conduct, and it should be your goal as a believer. You want to serve like Jesus. But you have to also take on the character of God. And godliness is taking on the character of God. To become more like God in your actions, attitudes, and character and conduct, you must feed yourself on a steady diet of the word of God, which will in turn, turn, which will in turn produce godliness. You heard the old saying, you are what you eat. <laughs> so if you want a steady diet of the word of God, and the God's word is absolutely true, and you continually eating and feeding and, and swallowing and digesting and regurgitating the word of God, sooner or later the word of God is going to produce results. The word of God will produce godliness. And guess what? You won't even have to act like it because it will automatically happen because of what you've been eating. It just happens to come up. The problem with some of us is we only eat God's word 
sporadically. We fast God's word when we should be devouring God's word. Hmm? Amen. People are willing to pour extensive money and effort into physical, into the physical training of the body, even though it has a limited benefit. What does that mean? You can exercise it out, be in the best shape in the world, but sooner or later, I don't care how good a shape you are in, sooner or later, time is going to end and you're going to be in eternity. And that body that you puffed up, built up, ran up, nourished up, is going to turn back to dust. Amen. Amen. Godliness provides a deeper experience of God's reality at work in your life. As a believer, your passion for and pursuit of spiritual, as a believer, you have to have a passion for and pursuit of spiritual growth so that you can grow, so that you can serve God biblically. And that should drive you to become, to be concentrated more on the things that you can't see and not the things that you can see. Amen. You, and then this is it on this one. You don't become godly by chance. You don't become godly by chance. What does that mean? That means you got to put some work in. That work is to study. That work is to pray. That work is to seek. That work is to delve in and allow God to overtake you. Amen. And be led by his spirit. So that when you do run out of gas, you can get energized again. Because everybody runs out of gas. So I ain't going to act like I'm no super Christian. Amen. And some days I just don't want to be bothered. I mean, that's just real. I don't want to be, just don't bother me today. Y'all yeah, can say amen. It's all right. Because y'all say it. <laughs> I just don't want to be bothered today. This is just be real. God wants us to be real. But see, the more real you're with him, the more real he can be with you. Because as he gets real with you, you'll wake up and say, wait a minute, God. If Jesus went through all that for me, and you sent Jesus to die on my behalf, then this little stuff that I got in time does not compare to what I'll receive in eternity. So Lord, let me get up. Another day. Amen. So you have to prepare your you have to prepare yourself to serve because preparation time is not wasted time. And see another thing about serving is a servant, as a servant, you need to expect to suffer. If you're gonna serve God, you gotta expect to suffer. You gotta expect to go through. Amen. I know y'all don't like hearing that, but you do. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter, chapter 9. I know y'all was probably like, well, this ain't making me feel good. No, it should make you feel very good. 
Because I'm teaching you how to live, teaching you how to serve, and the cost of serving, serving, but serving will pay off. I'll tell you it will. Luke chapter 9, verse 9, I mean chapter 9. I didn't see it. I'm in John. Huh. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not what that's supposed to be saying. <laughs> well, you was in the wrong place. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Verse 22, actually. It says this The Son of Man, talking about Jesus, must suffer many things. He must what? Suffer many things. Not just one thing. He said, how many? Many. So that means it's going to be more than one. And be what? Rejected. Of the elders. And of the chief priests and the scribes. And be slain or killed. And be raised the third day. And he said to them all. If any man or if any of you will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross or your cross, how many, how? Daily. And do what? Follow me. Amen. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Key verse is he must what? Deny himself or themselves or you and take up your cross. How many times? Not weekly. Not when you just had prayer meeting. Not just when you're at church. Not just when you're just around a bunch of sage folks. You got to pick up your cross daily and then what? Follow him. To take up the cross meant to carry one's own cross to the place of crucifixion. Do you understand what that means? When you were condemned to die by, through crucifixion, the Romans made you carry your own cross to the place of your execution. Think about that. Many of them had been killed that way. And Jesus knew he was going to face it. Remember, there was a specific audience he was trying to reach, so he had to use something, a word picture that they could understand. Being a disciple means putting aside selfish desires, shouldering your own cross every day, and following him. This is simple, but it's demanding because your cross can get heavy at times. Because the place where they had to carry the cross was no short distance. And many times, like Jesus, he was whipped all night. So he lost a lot of blood, had no sleep. And he had to carry a heavy wooden cross through the streets. He got so weak, so much so that they compelled somebody to come help him carry his cross. Mm. The longer you carry the cross, for those who have been in it for a minute, the heavier that cross will get. 
But see, you're not carrying the cross to your execution. You're carrying your cross to eternal life. Amen. And see, the devil will try his best to make your cross heavy as possible, trying to get you to, kick, to throw it down and give up rather than to deny yourself and carry your cross and follow Jesus daily. For you as a believer today, it means understanding that you belong to him and you live and you live and you live to serve him biblically for his purpose. In other words, serving God is not an option. You have been called. Let me say this. You receive Jesus as your savior. That means you have been called and you have been anointed to carry the cross that you have to pick up daily. You know, we hear that some, we hear the term, and, and, and I don't want to go too deep in it, um, but I will say this. God won't give you more than you can bear. Y'all heard that before. And many of us believe that, right? I'm going to mess your thinking up. Because God will give you more than you can bear. You know why? Because if he gives you more than you can bear, you will depend on him. <laughs> <laughs> and God will not create a life for you designed to keep him out. So he gives you stuff more than you can bear because you can't bear then you will need him to help you carry the load. That messed me up when I read and studied that out because for years I was just like you. He won't give you more than you can bear. Until I studied it out and discovered that he is going to give you more than you can bear. Because he will help you in your weakest point. Doesn't the Bible say that his grace is sufficient for us? Because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. So you will get more than you can bear because then you will get weak and won't try to carry it yourself. You can depend on him. I know that messed y'all up because it messed me up. Amen. So the questions, I have two questions for you. Do you think your relationship with God primarily, do you think of your relationship with God primarily in terms of what's in it for you or in terms of what you can do for him? We got to change our way of thinking. It's not what he can always do for us. It's what we can do for him. Because when we do for him, he will do for us. Amen. And then number two is, are you willing to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him? Because anything else is superficial lip service. And we are living in a day and a time that God needs his church to serve him and his purposes, not the other way around. We don't serve God for our purposes. We serve God for his purpose. And the reason why the church is in the condition it's in, because it's no longer God's church, it has become man's church. 
So as a suffer, as a servant, <laughs> you're gonna suffer. You're gonna go through. However, you don't have to go through it by yourself. That separates a servant from an unbeliever, a believer from an unbeliever. When you're a non-believer, you don't have a rock to stand on. All you have is luck. <laughs> and luck is not real. Amen. And then lastly, and I'll end up with this. A servant expects to suffer, but a servant also perseveres. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 through 3, it says this. Thou therefore, my son, this is Paul talking to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This is Paul talking to Timothy, and he was talking about himself and sowing what he knew into others. And now he's commissioning Timothy to do the same which is what we're supposed to be doing. Verse number three says, Thou therefore endure what? Hardness. As a soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness, or another translation says, endure suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ or persevere in the midst of what you're going through. Hardships, they come in a variety of ways. As a believer, you shouldn't be taken by surprise when hardness comes. Why? Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have tribulation or trouble, but, be, but the good news is he didn't leave it there because he finished it by saying, take heart, I have overcome the world. And you can persevere and endure by his grace. To endure is much more than just continuing to exist. It is continuing to exist as if the suffering had occurred, hadn't occurred. What does that mean? That means still praising God. That means still studying your scriptures. That means still praying. That means still serving. Amen. As you can. As you have strength in your body, serve. Now y'all know what my mother-in-law is going through. She is still serving how is she serving? She's making up these boxes with inspirational quotes on them and still serving in the midst of her suffering. That is an example of how Jesus told us to do. Continue to do what you can do until you can't do it. And when you can't do it, continue to look to me. Amen. To endure does not mean simply to grin and bear it. As a believer, you will feel sad. You will feel betrayed. You will feel overwhelmed. You will even get angry. These emotions in and of themselves are not bad. They only become bad when you allow them to take root in your life and produce bitterness. And when you produce bitterness, you get thoughts of revenge. You get thoughts of quitting. And you, have, and you operate in unforgiveness. Forgetting that God has forgiven you for all of your past. We have a, we have a hard time forgiving others about their past. 
Not remembering that we came from some, all of us came from, we was not born saved. All right? As a believer, and this is key, you need to remember that everything that comes into your life is under the control of a sovereign God who has promised he is working all things out for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Amen. And Jesus is our ultimate example of enduring and persevering through hardship. The writer of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 through 4 in the New King James says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run the, with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your own souls, but you have not resisted unto bloodshed, going against sin. Look to Jesus as your example when you're serving. Because Jesus never turned his back from serving, even going to the cross. He thought about it. <laughs> and he wanted to get out of it. However, he said, nevertheless, not my will. But thy will be done. In the same way as a believer who is biblically serving God, you can find hope when you consider the rewards that God has promised you. Hebrews chapter 10, 35 and 36 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward, for you have need of endurance, steadfastness, continuance, bearing up, holding out, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And as the song says, serving the Lord will pay off after a while. It will pay off after a while. Hmm. Because you are storing up treasures in heaven. You're serving. And at the end of the day, you will receive your eternal reward. The eternal reward, one of the eternal rewards, the eternal rewards for your suffering in time will pale in comparison to the reward you will receive in heaven in eternity. When he says, well done, good and faithful servant, you have been Faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Now enter into the joy of your Lord. Those are the words that carry me. And we should carry you as you serve him. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Not 
I never knew you. I would hate to live this life to get into eternity to hear him say, I never knew him. And then do like the, in the book of Acts where they said, well, we cast out demons and did this and did that. But I just never knew you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Amen. Amen. Biblical servanthood is not about you. It's about extending his kingdom in the earth. And as a servant, you need to be prepared and you need to expect suffering and you need to persevere in the midst of your suffering. Amen? Mark and put that into your spirit. We're going to need, we need this now, but we'll need it in 2023 as well. This is the foundation stone. Amen? It's a pillar. Biblical servant. It's not about you. Say, it's not about me. It's not about me. Quit making it about you. Amen. <laughs> Quit making it about you. Because it's not about uh, none of us. It's all him. Amen. Let's give God praise. <laughs> you don't know the Lord, today would be a good day to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Time, if you don't know what time is, winding up. And even serving is going to run out when Jesus comes back for his church, for his believers. So we have a very short window to serve in order for him to say, well done. So today I want you to, if you don't know him, receive Jesus. If you have received him and walked away from him for whatever reason, recommit yourself to him. And if you have been serving in a ministry and you have walked away, and, 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 and serving, and I'll say this, serving is also being, is about being responsible. I know some things come up. But you, the responsible thing for you to do is say, well, I can't do it today. Could you please? We have to be accountable and responsible to, to God and to each other. Amen? So receive Jesus today. Stand to your feet.